Hello, I'm Tara Ruckman. And I'm Stephanie Howe, and we are Control the Chaos EDU. Are you burnout? Are you feeling frustrated or overwhelmed? Or maybe it's the opposite, and you're a go-getter and want to level up. Then it's time to dive in with real talk and solution-focused conversations. explore something new as show host. We're going to go with a no notes episode where we're just talking freely. We're not using any guided notes. I mean, we do do real talk usually, but we also have a, a few guided notes with us. So I shouldn't say usually all the time we do. We do real talk but we have guided notes. This time we are free noting it. Should we say that? Free I think it is. Is that a thing? It is a thing Without now. Notes? Um, yeah. Well, if it's not, we'll try to make it a thing. We're free noting it today. And we are just talking about maintaining mid-year relationships. So when we really dive into this, it's really, Everybody talks about building, building, building. In every PD, we talk about building relationships. But we always forget to throw in that word, maintaining relationships. We wrote something, an article about relationship capital before. And really, it's like if you you keep putting into the bank, you keep putting into the bank, you're always going to get the money out, right? Because you're maintaining your relationship. You're always going to have your money for your bills. You're always going to have your money for, you know, going to the store, your groceries. But when the money stops going in and you go to take the money out, there's nothing there to take from if you don't maintain your bank account. So relationships are just the same. It's like marriage, right? If I'm always, if I, if I work really hard at the beginning and build that relationship with my husband, and then we don't maintain the relationship. We don't go out on date nights. We don't go spend some quality time or have conversations or continued communication. Then our relationship is going to break down. So then things get difficult. When things get difficult, if you don't have that built up relationship, it's really hard to get through those things. So it's just like students, right? We build that relationship a lot at the beginning of the year, but then we, if we don't maintain that relationship, when things get hard, when curriculum gets harder, when testing time starts, behavior spikes, all the rough moments of the year, it's going to be really difficult to get through those moments with the student if you haven't maintained the relationship, right? If you just built it up at the beginning of the year, and then you and you didn't continue to use those strategies to build and take time to build relationship with students then when the times get tough what happens it's really difficult to get through those times if you haven't maintained it so that's what we're talking about today strategies to maintain the relationship mid year 
Yeah. And I think too, when it comes to maintaining that relationship, I mean, safety is a huge part of students wanting to communicate throughout the school year. Like a lot of times students will not share their voice unless they feel safe and that they're going to feel like their opinion matters. And so reflecting on that as well, this time of year is a good thing. Did it, are my students sharing? Are they comfortable to speak out and share their thoughts and ideas on some difficult topics that we might be experiencing? And so encouraging your students using that kind of as a check, are they sharing or is my class really quiet? Or what is the feel of my class? And then kind of thinking about what do I need to do in order to keep maintaining those relationships? And I think sometimes you're like, I tried to build this relationship. We got going and then break happened. And now we're back to square one. <laughs> or maybe you got a new student mid-year. I remember January was like the month of new students that I would get in my classroom. I don't even know why. Um, but then you have to kind of introduce them to your classroom culture as well. And when we're looking at those um, relationships, are you communicating? Are you checking in with those students? Are you building that trust? And when you're thinking about families, are you doing that with your parents or caregivers to kind of continue um, to build those relationships and to maintain them? Oh, one thing definitely I would say, I'm gonna give you one not to do when you come back from break. One thing not to do is not to really lay heavily on how was everybody's break? What did your holiday look like? Because this question alone can cause stress for some students that maybe their holiday is not what yours is. Maybe you have a wonderful family and you get together and you have parties and gatherings and dinners and you're with your friends, you're older, you know, you have an income. Um, but some of that stuff is out of control for our kiddos. And maybe they don't, maybe some, they've, they've lost someone. So Christmas time is hard. Um, I know I had a friend that lost a family member. So their Christmas was really difficult, losing their mom at this time of year, their first holiday without them. So taking into effect that we don't, we can talk about it. You know, it's not fair to everyone that does have the good holiday, but I wouldn't put too much weight on when you come back asking all your students and having deep conversations about how their holiday was. If they want to talk to you about it, that's great. Could maybe be done in private. Um, because some kids also might be embarrassed, you know, if maybe they didn't, they didn't have presents under the tree, or maybe their culture was different and they don't celebrate. Um, so taking into those cultural aspects as well, that if you're asking how they celebrated their holiday, but maybe their holiday is different, you know, that might point out their differences and, and not all kids are ready to point out their differences yet. So that's the one like alarm system that I would set off is be careful when you're talking about 
your holidays um, and taking that all your socioeconomic background and cultures into account when you are talking about it. So that's one tip. Just be cognizant of your cultural and socioeconomic backgrounds when we're talking about your holiday when you come back from um, from break. So that way we, we keep all of our kiddos in mind and we don't cause undue stress. Another thing is when we're working with um, not only our students, we're also working with our colleagues. And so maintaining the relationship with our colleagues and collaborating with uh, the other adults in the building. And sometimes, uh, usually this time of year, there's um, new staff in the building. Usually these are, or not staff, but um, student teachers maybe have entered the building and they're they're there to learn they're there to observe and so reach out to them even if you're not like their host teacher um connect with them and discuss and communicate with them about different uh ways and make them feel welcome because i know for me like when i was first entering a school uh after going through college and i was ready to do my student teaching i was just like okay i'm in another new building What's the culture like? What's the feel? Um, and so make those folks also feel very welcomed uh, in your building and offer to collaborate with them, offer to share ideas, resource, problem solve. But working as a team is another important thing when it comes to maintaining those relationships. And if they're not on your team, sending them welcome emails, stopping by and introducing yourselves and saying hello and just making them feel part of this culture. I know in one of the buildings, we had a new staff member join us because somebody retired. So when somebody, sometimes staff members in education will, will retire mid-year. When that person retires and they replace that person, you know, that the staff member was welcomed by an email into the building, but that's not as personable, right? As you stopping by and saying hello and introducing yourself. So that's a great way to, to build that relationship with a staff member as well. Back to our kiddos. Another strategy to think about is the 210 strategy. If you have your tier two students in your class. So a tier a 210 strategy is two minutes for 10 consecutive days. So think about those students that struggle to build relationships, struggle to main re maintain relationships, maybe they've had some trauma, but ultimately, whatever the reason, they're a tier two kiddo with behavior. So thinking about those kids, so that 210 strategy is two minutes of a private conversation for 10 consecutive days to help build that relationship. If you really think about your day, sometimes two minutes you're thinking, where can I find that two minutes? Because I need to, they get, come in and they get their bags unpacked and I'm, and I'm outside greeting kids and I can't leave the door because our school policy is that teachers are in the hallway when students are arriving to say hello. There's all different ways you can find that two minutes and it doesn't always necessarily have to be two consecutive minutes, right? We can grab them in the morning, we can check in with them, we can do a minute in the morning we can do a checkout with them at the end of the day. 
But the point is to make sure that you have that two minutes for 10 consecutive days for those students that really struggle to maintain relationships for whatever the reason is. So taking that strategy and working those two minutes in is a great way for tier two or tier three students. To, that's the 210 strategy. Another strategy is listening to your students. What do they like? What's going on in the world today? What funny TikTok videos are out there? Um, or what are they listening to? And using that in your content. <clears throat> and so maybe you need to teach a new vocabulary word. Going to all of those um, <clears throat> different maybe YouTube websites and just kind of seeing, okay, what are my students watching? They said this or they talked about this. And how can I use that in my lesson to engage my students? How can I use these different videos or um, music or clips or whatever it is to really, really engage my students with what we're about to learn or to help them understand a difficult concept or to even teach them that new vocabulary word? And there is a YouTube um, channel. It's called Daily Dose of Internet. So if you're like, I don't even know what my students like, like I am so out of the loop, go to this channel, subscribe to it, Daily Dose of Internet. And there are a ton of videos that come on this channel that are like trending. <laughs> so these are trending across the world. And you can kind of go in, watch a video, and then I think, think about how can I use this to help my students? How can I use this to engage them? And some of the videos are maybe, you know, quick clips, like two minutes, but maybe you just pull 30 seconds of that clip to really, really just try to uh, engage your students. This first one I'm looking at, it says fire tornado um, spawns on driveway. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, how can I use this um, within my classroom when it comes to maybe a vocabulary word or again, something that we're reading about? Uh, this other one is the worst leg cramp ever. <laughs> and so again, using those, or maybe you can use vocabulary words or different pieces of your content to engage your students. Oh, I love that one. I haven't heard of that before. That's a good one. I like it. Um, another, another one I would like to use would be SEL bell ringers. So this is a good way in the morning time if you're thinking about you know, that morning work, that dreading morning work, you know, that ones that kids love. Thinking about SEL bell ringers, how can you check in? Maybe it's a funny question of the day. Maybe if it's a um, this or that question, you know, which color you prefer, which ice cream do you prefer, which, I don't know, movie do you prefer? So just mixing it up as an SEL bell ringer opposed to maybe it's a journal or something that they do to talk about their evening or their night that maybe they have in the morning. Maybe it's a five-minute journal where every morning, in opposed to five minutes of morning work, they do a five-minute journal to talk about their night or their day. And then you can, every once in a while, glance at that writing journal. They're practicing writing. They're getting their sentences in, whatever it is. And you could use this at any grade level using that five minute journal time and you can go back and you can check it. And then that way you can have conversations with the student about what that five journal, five minute journal had said. 
So maybe it's gratitude. What are you grateful for? How do you want to, how do you want your day to be good? What are you going to do to make your day good? All those different things can be incorporated into a five minute journal. And then you're getting some writing, you're getting opening up that thought process and not making that students start their day with work because does anybody get up and start their day with work, right? Normally we don't walk into the building and all of the sudden we're sitting down and working. We socialize, we talk to our peers, maybe we get a cup of coffee or a cup of tea or fill up our water bottles, whatever it is, we're not really sitting down and going straight to work. So taking that SEL bell ringer and morphing it into something that could be used as a prompt for conversations to maintain the relationship, something new that you learn about them or continued learning about them or their day or their evening or their sports or whatever the topic. You can do a free write or you can do an open-ended where, or sorry, a free, that is, that is free write, right? Open-ended. Um, you could do some type of prompt if you want to start getting some specific knowledge about a student to have those conversations. Maybe you have a lesson coming up, a cultural lesson. So maybe you use a, a prompt about something about their history of their family that they might be able to share something so that way it's open to everybody, but you're finding out a little bit of history about that student's family in that five minute journal and it's easy for them to write and then you have some of that information to have those conversation starters and continued maintaining that relationship. And another idea is using the appreciation apology aha, and this can be used at the end of a lesson or at the end of the day where you kind of just have your students, um, you can do it as a thank you share, they can stand around the room, but what they're going to do is they're going to share something that they might have appreciated for someone else in the room. So did someone go over and above for them? Did someone answer a question that they had? And they're going to share that appreciation for the people in the room. And then they're going to share an apology. So this could be something that happened and they just kind of felt a um, little sad by it. And so then they can share that apology or they can share an aha moment. So something that they experienced from the day. So again, appreciation, apology, or an aha, students pick one of those. And as you close it out, they share really, really quickly. It's about 30 seconds per student, hopefully. And you just go around the circle and they either shout out someone, give an apology, or they share an aha. And you start to build that classroom culture and a bond within your class because they're they're shouting out, they're saying they're sorry for something, or they're sharing something that was an aha for them that they experienced throughout the day. Oh, I like that one as well. You're coming up with all these good, good new ones. I like it. One of the things that is not a new one, it's an old one, but building relationships with any student can really include sending an email home or making a phone call home and not telling them, not saying, oh, if you do this, good, I'm going to send a positive email home, but really just taking the time to 
maybe one day a week, pick a student and send a positive email home. When they go home and their parents say, oh, I heard from your teacher and I heard how great you're doing, that's automatically going to build rapport with the parent and the student. That gives that parents the, the thought process that you're really engaged with their student. It gives the student like, wow, my teacher really enjoys having me in their classroom. They're sending positives home to my parents. I think that's really important to think about. That is really a relationship building and maintaining. Um, could even be a game changer in your classroom when you have the time to, to send that home to students. Yeah, I love those ideas. And again, there are so many different ways that you can build those relationships and we want to hear about them. So please, please share. How do you keep maintaining those relationships when it is mid-year? How do you focus on your students or other colleagues, um, maybe your principal or a coach? How do you uplift people and encourage them, especially mid-year when they're just trying to get through the year? And so if you have those ideas, again, share them with us on social media or send us an email um, and make sure that you like, subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Until next time, make sure you control the chaos. Thanks for listening to Control the Chaos EDU. Check out the description for show notes. We look forward to connecting with you on social media. Subscribe to the weekly podcast so you never miss an episode. Control the chaos until next time.